Amen. Thank you, folks. Philippians chapter number two. If you grab your Bibles, turn with me. Philippians chapter number two. And uh, share with you in just a few moments we have left. Just a simple thought this evening. Philippians chapter two. And uh, we'll get in there in just a moment. I love Favorites Night because Favorites Night is a great opportunity for us to sing several hymns, many hymns. And uh, what I like about the old hymns is that each one often serves as a reminder of something about our faith, something that we can enjoy. I think of that uh, victory in Jesus. Uh, and boy, I I remember uh, childhood, teenage years, we used to sing that on a bus together as uh, uh, teams traveling somewhere, and uh, I just, uh, boy, these, uh, it, it is good to be reminded we have victory in Jesus, amen? And I love that song and the fact that it says, hey, uh, we've got a home in heaven to look forward to, that last verse. And then that last hymn, boy, In the Garden. It's a good reminder sometimes, isn't it, to stop, slow down, and come into the garden with the Lord. Amen? And uh, it's a great reminder. So tonight, I want to share with you a little thought, a little devotional thought. Uh, the Lord uh, spoke to me through a devotional I had gotten uh, a couple weeks ago. In fact, I shared a little bit of this on a visitation uh, devotion, too. And so I just want to share with you and challenge you about reminding, uh, about remembering, excuse me, reminding you of the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 2, Paul is writing uh, to the church of Philippi. Notice what he says about the name of Jesus Christ. Would you look at verse number 9, Philippians chapter 2. Children, listen up. We have the candy up here after the congregational meeting. We'll be up here and ask you a question. So playing on that, look at verse number 9, Philippians chapter number 2. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Man, I love that passage strong, it's powerful. And you come to verse number 11, and you see how three names of Jesus Christ and uh, of our Savior is found together. The Lord Jesus Christ. Do you realize in our New Testament, over 106 times we find those three names combined in a single verse? 106 times. It was one of the emphasis or points thereof in the New Testament. In fact, Paul would use it many times over, as other New Testament writers would, and he would say this, I beseech you based on this name. He would use it as the means of authority and motivation. I beseech you on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ. It were like this verse in Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6. He said this, Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He claims that authority. He uses that name to move us into motivate us to challenge us to follow that command that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly not after the tradition which he received of us and you could look through the new testament i would challenge you maybe to do so this week and you will find several times that paul and other new testament writers uh, challenge us based upon the name of the lord jesus christ it ought to move us it ought to motivate us when we think of our Savior and each one of his names, it ought to touch our heart. And as these three names are used so often in the New Testament, don't you look forward to the day when all the world will bow a knee, where every tongue shall confess. 
I've got a couple teenagers right now that aren't paying attention. I need you to pay attention, okay? And you're being very distracting. You're not helping me. I need your attention up this way, okay? Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, this challenge that Paul writes to the church of Philippians is the fact that you and I, hey, we ought to be thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ. Every part of that name. You say, well, what's so important about this name and every aspect about it? Well, first of all, I want you to see tonight the meaning of each of these names, okay? The name Jesus literally means Jehovah is salvation. Joshua would be the Old Testament correlated name of it. It means Jehovah saves. It's really the human name given to our Savior. It connects him with you and I as mankind. It shows his humanity. It means uh, that he is on our level in the sense that he walked with us. He talked with mankind. Uh, He walked with the very ones he came to save. It is what we might call his common name. Can you just imagine what Mary called Jesus, what Joseph called Jesus there in the house? Hey, Jesus, time to eat. Hey, hey, Jesus, come in. Time time to come in. It's getting dark. You need to come in and list his brothers and so forth, siblings. This was his human name. So we think of Jesus Christ, our Lord, it reminds us of that humanity. Second named Christ, you, you probably know it, the anointed one or anointed. It points to him as that anointed one, identifying him as the fulfillment of all the messianic promises in the Old Testament recorded in the scriptures about that promised one. This name, as we think of our Savior being named Christ and people referring to him, it's the identification as the promised deliverer and redeemer, the Messiah. This is the name that many balked at. They didn't want this Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth, this, that, that human, that guy, Jesus of Nazareth, he's the anointed one? He's the Messiah? You can't, whoa, whoa, no, what? And they balked at it. Obviously, many of them were looking for a different kind of Messiah, a different kind of deliverer. This Jesus, this carpenter's son, you want to call him Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah? You want to deem him as the one that's going to deliver us? How can he stand up against Rome? How can he make Israel free? So they derided him. This name, boy, they balked at it. Then we come to that last name, Lord. It's the New Testament equivalent of the Old Testament Jehovah. It means literally supreme authority. It means master, and as I like to describe it, the ruler of all. When they called him Lord, boy, there would be people who would cringe at that. I like how in the Old Testament, Jehovah is often translated as what? Capital, all caps, Lord. L-O-R-D in all caps. It's Jehovah. As if the name Christ wasn't bad enough, this name was the greatest affront to the Jews. It linked Jesus Christ to the Lord, uh, excuse me, to God. When people called him Lord, boy, they would just cringe because you're saying that he's on the same level as the great I am. When someone referred to Jesus Christ as Lord, it said that he is due the reverence of the God of all creation. He's Lord. The meaning of each name ought not to be missed today. Hey, Christian, you ought not to forget that these names, Jesus and Christ and Lord, mean something and should mean something to us. When you hear the name uttered, when you hear or read the name in your Bible, you ought to be reminded of the meaning. 
But it's also insightful to look at these names very much, and I find this quite interesting, somewhat from a chronological point of view. Uh, If we could determine the ministry of our Savior from a chronological perspective, or chronologically considered, it's noteworthy to see that most of the time, leading up to Christ's death on the cross, he was referred to as Jesus. I was looking at it this week, and I was studying it. You realize the name Jesus is used 693 times in the Gospels and Acts, while the term or the name Christ is only used 91 times. So leading up, we have this reference and typically referred to as Jesus. Uh, But after his resurrection, his death on the cross, his ascension, he was preeminently known as Christ, the anointed one. In hindsight, we say hindsight is twenty twenty. There were many who came to the realization as that uh, soldier at the cross, truly this was the Son of God. Many came to the realization, truly this was the anointed one. This was, and as the disciples preached it day in and day out, and they taught many people, he was the anointed one. He was the one destined to die for the sins of the whole world. And praise be to God, now he is a risen Savior. Jesus Christ. We eagerly, with our knowledge that he has been revealed as the promised one, the Messiah, our Savior as the Christ, we now eagerly anticipate our Savior's return. We know and are thrilled that when he returns, he will be the Lord Jesus Christ, and he shall reign supreme. It's rather chronological in its application of his ministry and what each one of these names means to us. Oh, certainly, there is great overlap. Uh, that is not to uh, do, say there isn't. Uh, has been throughout history, each one of those names he's lived up to in each period. But the emphasis should not be missed. Each one of his names has great meaning, and it refers to a part of his ministry, a time of his ministry, if we might put it as such. You see, he came to earth as a human named Jesus. He walked with us. He connected with us. He reached out to us. He then came to the cross of Calvary. So first he comes to earth and his name was Jesus. Then he came came to the cross of Calvary. And he did what only the Messiah could do. And he was the Christ that died and shed his blood for the sins of all mankind. And the day is coming one day, my friend, he will come to reign. And every knee and every shall bow, every eye will be upon him as Lord. He will be the God of all, and his kingship will be professed by every person. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, there's much more to these names. These wonderful names also speak to his ministry, his work currently in our lives and the lives of many people. We could say it, his, his, current, uh, his ministry currently considered. You see, the name Jesus, it speaks to his ministry as a prophet and a teacher. He was the greatest rabbi the world has ever known. He has taught and continues to teach men of the truth, the way of life, of heaven and of hell and of God. Still to this day, our Savior teaches He is the prophet, the preacher, the teacher. He is the one who tells us what is true. I find it amazing. 
that as I read books and I hear people speak and I, I, I'm around people who aren't believers, that often I will hear them talk about, listen, don't miss it, the teachings of Jesus Christ. Why? Because my friend Jesus Christ was a great teacher. Oh, he was much more. He was the Savior. He was the Christ. He is Lord. He is God. But I sure am thankful that when we think of the term Jesus, it reminds us that here, here is a God who walked among men and taught us. He taught us. That name Christ obviously speaks of him being a Messiah, but it also speaks to his messianic priesthood. (laughs) He is a priest like no other. After the order of Melchizedek, as the scripture says, and yet he did much more than any priest of the Old Testament. He offered himself a sacrifice once and for all. He is the great high priest. And yet even today, even today, he is the great intercessor on our behalf. My friend, do you realize today it is very possible that the moment you sin today, the moment you sin this week, that Jesus Christ in heaven was saying, okay, Father, that one was covered by the blood. It's under the blood. I paid for that. I paid for that sin. Interceding on our behalf, a continual high priest, and interceding and going to God on our behalf, and he is our high priest. He can intervene on our behalf because why? He was the great sacrifice for us. The term Christ reminds us of that. And then obviously, the term Lord remains and refers, speaks to that ultimate authority he should have in the life of every believer. His kingship. We are excited. We read here in Philippians chapter 2 that the day is coming where every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. And that is exciting. I, I look forward to the day and, and we think of maybe times when a president or some other famous person comes into a town and you see the, the crowds throng. I, I, we think of maybe when the Pope or somebody like that and you see the streets filled with that or, or maybe a victory parade and, and a sports team or something like that. Can you imagine what it's going to look like when the entire world bows the knee? When the entire world is gathered and with our mouths we confess that he is king of kings and lord of lords, there is but one God, the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll gather together, we'll do that. These names all point to that. And that's a beautiful day, that is a wonderful day. But may I also point out this, when we say the Lord Jesus Christ, he is not only lord of that day, he should be lord of this day. In the life of every believer, he ought to be recognized his kingship and his, his authority, his supreme authority in our lives. Our response ought to be as such. And so I would challenge you this evening that there is a response on our behalf to this ministry. Number one, I am called to obedience to him as prophet and teacher. I ought to ask myself, am I obeying his teaching? I am thankful that in the Gospels, we have the very words of Christ. But do not forget it. It does not mean that when we proceed and progress in the New Testament, we leave off the words of Christ. No, my friend, we have the words of Christ in the rest of the New Testament too. Spoken, yes, through human authors. Yes, repeated, reiterated, rephrased, if you want to put it that way. But my friend, our God authored the Bible. And Jesus Christ is God. So we continually have his words. Are we obeying them? Number two, not only am I called to obedience to him, but I am called to put my faith in him as priest and as my sacrifice. The question is this, have I trusted in him? Do I trust in him? 
and his sacrifice for me? Have I trusted? Then last but not least, as that King and Lord, I am called to surrender to him. Have you? Are you? You can be surrendered. I've told you the illustration before, and, and uh, forgive me for beating the proverbial dead horse, but, you know, there have been times, and in fact, it just happened, I think, last night. Little Ryan, uh, our three-and-a-half-year-old, will just come and run on my bed as I'm sitting there, and he'll just come, you know, full Nelson, just jump on me, and just, whoosh, you know, grab me, twist me, and try to do everything to me. So I'll put him in a, I'll, I'll put him between my legs and clamp him there and go on reading my phone or whatever I'm doing until he squeals. Daddy, please let me go! Daddy, let me go! You know, he thinks he's dying, okay? And I chuckle. Uh, so I, I hold him there, and then, okay, you're going to leave me alone? Yeah, yeah, I'll leave you alone. Okay, I let go. He gets off the bed, and then all of a sudden I see this head pick up. Sure enough, before I know it, boom, he's on top of me again. Then here comes Caden. Then here comes another one. Then I'm outnumbered, I run. No, hey, you know what he does? Hey, just keeps coming back, right? Just keeps coming back. You know what? Reality is this. He surrendered. He surrendered. But then as soon as I let him go, man, he, he's off doing his thing and ready to, to attack again. Let me ask you this. I, I hope you were surrendered to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, last week. But what about today? What about next week? What about right now? In your reaction, in your attitude, in something that's going on, are you surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ? See, I am called to surrender to him as King and Lord. Do I surrender and submit to him daily? You know, my friend, as we think of this term, and I, I hope, I, I understand, we, we are so well familiar with this name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, I hope we never become over-familiar with it where we take it for granted. And when Paul writes in this passage, if you'll look again to me, I love the statement, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and notice the term here, the name that God has given to our Savior. God has given him a name which is far above every other name. Nothing like it. When we say the Lord Jesus Christ, it means so much, it encompasses so much, it demands so much of you and I in our response. Peter's sermon, Day of Pentecost. Oh, man, I have many pictures and imaginations what that day was like. And as he stood up and all these uh, Jews and others were gathered for that day of Pentecost. And he got up to preach and to speak. And hey, he starts out, verse 22 or verse 24 around there. And he says, hey, let me tell you about that Jesus of Nazareth. And he goes on and he says, listen, this man God put in your midst. And he showed himself by many wonders and works. He, he demonstrated that he wasn't just Jesus. He was far more than that. He said, but you took him. You took him. And you crucified him. You beat him. Tortured him. And he comes down to verse 36 of chapter 2, and he says this. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made this same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. That man, that carpenter's son, oh, he wasn't just Jesus. Oh, a great teacher, a great human. Oh, he wasn't just Jesus. He is the Lord, supreme authority. He is Jehovah, he is God, and he is the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ. Man, and I love the response. A few verses later, 
the Bible says they are smitten to their hearts. What must we do? What ought to be our response, they said. And you know the story well. 3,000 souls added. Trusting in what? You say, why should we treasure this name so much? Why was it so important on the day of Pentecost? Well, number one, you know why it's so important? It's because of this. That name equals salvation. Equals salvation. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby ye must be saved. Buddha's not going to save you. Muhammad's not going to save you. You can go down the list. No name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. May I tell you, the Lord Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. His name equals salvation. Number two, for you and I as believers, his name equals hope. Hope. Paul would write to Timothy, he says this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Man, I sure am thankful for the promises of heaven. I'm thankful for eternity. But I'll tell you right now, I base all my hope and my desire on Jesus Christ. He is my hope. As the song might say, my hope is Jesus. He encompasses it all. I'm looking forward to eternity with him. And he is my hope. That's why Paul said, if Christ is dead, did not rise from the dead, we are men most miserable. Because he is our hope. And my friend, every time you hear the name Lord Jesus Christ, you and I ought to be reminded, that's my hope. That's my claim to heaven. That is my claim to salvation. He is my hope. The hope that one day I will escape this earth and all that it entails. I will escape sin and death and the grave and hell. I'm going to escape it all. How? Because of Jesus Christ my Lord. He is my Savior. There's great hope in that name. And yet, it gets better. That name equals future glory as priests and kings. I love this verse, Paul again writing to the church at Thessalonica, he said this, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then we read, and you know it well, Revelation chapter 20, verse 6, blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, on such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, and verse 12, Paul also speaks to Timothy about us reigning with Christ. I don't know about you, but I'm looking for the day. We don't have to worry about Washington, D.C. All we have to look to is Jesus Christ, and we'll rule with him. And we'll reign with him. The day is coming. And so when I hear Lord Jesus Christ, I am reminded, ooh, the day's coming where you and I are going to rule and reign with our Lord. We get that. That's what that name means. That's why it's so precious, such a treasure to you and I. The Lord Jesus Christ. May our God in heaven forgive us for not treasuring our Savior's name and all it means. May our God in heaven forgive us for taking it for granted, minimizing 
one of these precious names of our Savior tonight. May I ask you tonight as we hear His name, and I, I, I hope not. I, God forbid that this week you hear somebody use His name as a curse word. But wherever you hear it, may you and I this week, when we hear that name Jesus, may we be reminded what we have in that name. When we hear that name Christ, may we be re- reminded of the Anointed One, our Messiah, our Priest. When we hear that name, Lord, may we be reminded that one day we'll rule and reign with Him. And may we be reminded that today He needs to rule and reign in my life. It's a precious name. It's a name above all names. Does this name mean much to you? It should. Father, we thank You for Your Word. I'm grateful for this simple passage and yet a great, powerful passage. Reminder of the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, which ought to mean so much to us. Father, I'm so very grateful for His ministry, both in chronologically, but also, Father, currently in our lives. So thankful for what Jesus means to each one of us. Lord, I pray this week as we're reading our Bibles, as we're maybe talking with others, as Maybe we overhear a conversation and somebody mentions Jesus Christ. I, I just pray our minds and our hearts will be drawn to all that that name means and should mean to us. Father, I ask that tonight would just be a great reminder. As the songs we sang, the hymns that we heard earlier, may this be a great reminder of what great blessings we have in our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. May we be reminded of it tonight. Lord, I pray that you bless this week. May we live it for you. May every day find us making Jesus Christ our Lord. And may we rejoice every day that Jesus Christ is our Savior. And the promise that we have based upon him and all that he did in his work on the cross of Calvary. Father, again, thank you for a great day in your house. We ask that you just continue to bless the congregational meeting. And Lord, again, as we look forward to being back on Wednesday, just bless in a mighty way. Thank you for speaking to our hearts tonight. Thank you for inhabiting our praise. And Father, I pray that your hand of protection would not only be upon each individual, but upon Fostoria Baptist Church. Lord, I pray that you guard against Satan's attack. That, Father, that you would strengthen and encourage every person. And, Lord, each one here, may we live for you. May we show great discernment day in and day out. And, Father, may we even, as we heard tonight, while the season is still ripe for people being saved, may we share the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. May we see souls saved. Lord, may you work in us and through us as only you can. It's in Jesus Christ's precious name we pray. Amen. God bless you. If you join me in standing, we'll sing a song of dismissal. And then right after that, we'll dismiss any visitors, teenagers for their sports prep. And then we'll go right in our congregational meeting. Appreciate you being here tonight and uh, appreciate so much. We'll make the congregational meeting quick. And uh, you can officially say you sat through a Pastor Henry sermonette. Okay, so that's not a full sermon. That's a sermonette. Okay, and I hope you remember. I, great truth. Spoke to my heart. Has been speaking to my heart for the last two weeks, honestly. And uh, considering being reminded of what the Lord Jesus Christ means to us. So much in a name, isn't there? And uh, uh, we're very thankful for that. Let's sing together, together hymn number 42, All Hell the Power. And uh, we'll sing it together as a song of dismissal. We'll take just a quick moment, and then we'll go right into our congregational meeting. Page 42, we'll sing that first verse, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. All hail the power. 
name let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth a royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth a royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Teens, you're dismissed. All right, you can be seated, and we'll just give a moment for any that'd like to say.